the dirty sports podcast i am andy ruther coming to you live from the smut studio in venice beach california with my co-host joey no chill prano hello andrew ruther i'm very excited joe i'm i'm quite excited myself we had a great interview with former all pro running back ryan grant again we had it a couple weeks ago. Former Notre Dame Fighting Irish running back, former Giants running back, and of course former Packers running back, Ryan yes. Grant, came. Uh, I've described Ryan uh, a few times as our, the most woke football player that we've, we've encountered on this show. So I demanded that we get him in here prior to the NFL season so that we could talk. The anthem and NFL and the NCAA and all the the various broken Notre Dame, yeah, the various broken football leagues that that Ryan participated in. We even covered me on Bumble with Ryan. Yeah, we had you on Bumble. We had you teaching him Twitter at one point. Yeah, Uh, his daughter was here drawing uh, pictures in the Smut Studio. In the Smut Studio, yeah. So you know what. Ryan's such a cool dude. He's like, whatever. I'll just roll down to your apartment. And he did. And, and we brought Ryan down here a couple weeks ago. And we're going to get to that. But before we do that, show, I just want to say I am so excited about Chicago because I got us some tickets on SeatGeek. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go to we're going to a couple baseball games there. I know. Did you get us Cubs tickets on SeatGeek? Is that what you did? Cubs and Chicago White Sox tickets. Wow. It's, it's just so easy to use. SeatGeek, as you know, is our go-to ticket source for everything from sports, comedy, theater, comedy shows, you name it. Every purchase, what I love, is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And I do. I shop with confidence because I know I'm going to have great seats for us when we go to Comiskey, whatever it's called, and when we go to Wrigley Field because I got those tickets on SeatGeek. And best of all, for all the dirt balls, because we got this great deal, all the dirt balls can get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. So if you guys want to join us for those games in Chicago, download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Life's an event. We have the tickets. I'm exci- I'll tell you what, Andy. We, got, we, we talked so much Packers with Ryan Grant. I would like to go to a. I would like to go to Lambo. Have you ever been to Lambo? Oh, I'd love to go to Lambo. We should get some. We should get some Lambo seats on uh, SeatGeek. We should. I'd love I, to do that. I, I, I still. I'll, I'll I'll leave us. I'll leave spoilers out of the episode on all we talked about with the anthem and where where my where I'm leaning toward right now. But I'll just say this: regardless of where I end up, yeah, I'd still go to a game in Lambo, a stadium truly owned by the fans. That's right. That's right. I uh, I just want to get to the show then, guys. Again, Ryan Grant gave us a great interview. He sat down, gave us his time, so let's get to the episode. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. 
I am Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. And we, we have someone sitting between us today, Prano. I know. Yeah, this couch, this is the fullest this couch has ever been. Ryan Grant, welcome back, man. What's up, boss? What's going on, fellas? Former NFL running back. Notre Dame Fighting Irish running back Ryan Grant. We had you on. Uh, we had you on a couple months ago. Yeah. We're so excited to have you back. We have so much uh, to talk to you about. Obviously, we've been following your social media more closely since we had you on the show, and we're getting. Uh, I feel like I really have a sense of who you are after interviewing you, and now following you. And like we we really feel like we've been trying to get you back on for a while. That you're the perfect person to talk about some of the stuff that's going on in the NFL and in sports today. So thank you for joining us in the in the Smut Shack. Uh, of course, I'm I'm glad to be back. I don't know if I'm perfect. Hopefully, I can. Uh Give some foolish thoughts on uh, some things that are going on. I, I think, I've, no, but you'll have, we just talked briefly before we uh, started the show walking up here. Like, you can talk, like, you don't have any deals or things going on with TV, which I like. I was saying to you, a lot of these guys might not be able to fully explain or elaborate on their actual opinions on shit right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the most part, that's usually what it is. Um... And I understand it's it's fear based, and it's basically pick and choosing. You know, you pick and choose the battles in regards to what's priority. Like everybody has an opinion on what's going on, right or wrong. Like they have an opinion, and you know, some people they they believe that their opinion, what's the point, has, really doesn't hold any value. And if they're in a space, you know, with a TV company or a job or whatever it may be. It's not really worth it to them. Yeah. The conversation is going to happen regardless. And if they feel like it's not really, you know, going to do anything, really just them voicing their opinion, why would they? And I understand it. I'm not, like, I don't judge from any space. Um, I don't really have an issue <laughs> saying, for the most part, how I feel uh, in that space because I do actually want to walk a, a clear line. And to me, it's, I want people to know where I stand and I, I want to know where other people stand. Yeah. That's really how the type of person I am. Um, so, yeah, I'll kind of – I'll shoot you straight. Yeah, well, you know, when I think about you as just even your career in the NFL, I think not just the guys that are on TV now, but you, you sort of see it with, with players after they've come out of the league. You can kind of tell where they're going to line up. Like guys who have these super long careers, Hall of Fame – style careers they're still playing the game because they're like oh i want my jacket i gotta play the press right and then you got the guys one or two years in the league who maybe didn't get paid yeah. and there's this anger toward everybody like oh you know i got screwed you had you I'm know kinda, you didn't I'm kinda, have kind of middle ground yeah you didn't have a 15 year nfl career <laughs> yeah. but you had you know you had a nice nfl career you had you, had, you got a big contract you yeah. had big games you had big moments in the yeah. nfl so i think you're right there in the middle and that's why i said to andy we had to have you on because I have been really struggling. I'm a huge NFL fan, have been my whole life. I'm really struggling with what to do right now, specifically with this anthem situation. It's one of, in my opinion, the worst things I've ever seen in professional sports. And I've been a professional sports fan my whole life in terms of just, you know, trying to curb the free speech of, of you know, American citizens on on a national level, people that are on TV, and uh, and and to me it's really hard. So what I wanted to have you do is come in and answer a, a question that I've been trying to get like a solid answer on for a while. If you were still playing in the NFL today, if you're a running back, 
you know, um, and, and you're in the league and you're exactly who you are. And I'm out there going, you know what? I, I do not support what they're doing with this anthem rule and with how they're treating the players. As a, as a player out there, what, what, a, what do you want me as the fan to do? Do I boycott? Do I uh, do I watch? But I'm vocal about it on social media. Like, honestly, I want you to do whatever makes you feel good and helps you sleep at night. Like, because it's gonna happen regardless. The game's gonna happen. Uh, I will say this: players are not playing for you. We appreciate you, yeah. As fans, we appreciate the service you bring. We appreciate the value that you bring. Uh, but we're not playing for you. They would play football if there was zero people in the stands. Right. Um, and so I guess that's that's part of my question is like, I, you know, I understand that as a fan. I don't think a lot of fans necessarily understand that, and I I do understand that. And and I guess my thing is, I want to I want to support you guys because the the way NFL players especially put their body and their livelihood on the line. I appreciate that, and I go like, "Hey, I want to support your cause. I just don't know the most effective way of doing it." You're like, "Oh, you boycott. You're taking money out of my pocket. You, you know, you, you, you watch. You're helping the system along." Yeah, I, th- I think that um, it has put you in this dichotomy because it's so much bigger than you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that really, what can you actually do? Yeah, and you can through conversation, you can influence. Um, because you might give somebody a perspective who just in dialogue around like, hey, you know, people know you're a big fan. So automatically people expect you in these conversations, in these platforms to pick a side that you can't, you can't be a fan of the NFL and still say, whoa, that's fucked up. <laughs> like it doesn't, people can't fathom the fact that you can still be, a, you know, enjoy something, but still speak on, how it's wrong what they're doing because they have this sense of blinded loyalty and you know it's the same conversation around the country that people act like you're not a patriot if you talk on all the shitty stuff that America does it's like what are you talking about yeah <laughs> that's ridiculous makes no sense like it's ridiculous if I as a parent if I can only talk about the good things my child does that doesn't mean I'm just loyal to my child it means I'm stupid like yeah. you know what I mean I'm actually it's dangerous. Like it's it's a very dangerous thought process because that and you see of, those childs out there, those children out there who have that course. parent, and they're running wild. Yeah, it's crazy. And their parents are always saying, "No, my Johnny's this, or my Sally's this, or whatever, whatever, whatever it is." It doesn't. It's just stupid. And it's there's it's a very dangerous thought process. So I I appreciate the fact that you're a fan, and how could you not like? It's really it's that sport is a fabric of this country. And but be, being able to recognize and take a stance and say, whoa, like, OK, there are aspects about it that, yeah, I just don't rock with. Like, OK, cool. I want to be I, I like this. But where is it? Where do I, I fall in this now? It's the conversation you can have with that person who's full go gun ho about what they need to do this. They need to do that regarding the anthem or whatever it may be. Just give your experience and say, hey, man, I'm with you. I'm not against football by any means. Yeah. And I was like, but you do understand that the business aspect of it kind of oversteps the morality the human aspect of it and that's what happens with institutions like you know at the end of the day this is a micro for everything else you see like you know and and the aspect of a business so when you recognize that the employers really 
how much value, how much do they actually care about the employees? Right. I, it seems like in the NFL, a lot less than even most You're companies. You're starting to see yeah. a lot like it's putting things in perspective. They don't devalue them enough to not pay them, of right. course. But they devalue them enough not to guarantee their money. Guarantee their money, exactly. So they don't see enough value in their product. But that's the thing that I always like to bring up. I actually was explaining this at a date last night, and that's probably a terrible date. Yeah, (laughs) humble brag. (laughs) I'm just letting you know, like, if you're having to explain this on a date, either she is the the diehard sports fanatic, or she's crazy. She's from uh, Wisconsin, so diehard. Oh shit! I actually actually told her you were coming on the show today, and uh, oh, then you might have upped your date. Okay, okay. Might have helped just a little bit, or or trashed it. No, (laughs) it definitely helped. She, she of course, knew you, and, and it helped. But she was trying, like. I was basically saying, look, I understand, you know, because the argument always comes back about with the national anthem. I understand that basically uh, they, they can say whatever they want to the players because because you you work for the team, you work yeah. for your employers, just like any of us who ever work for anybody. But I was basically explaining to her, you don't have this problem, and I, and I want to see if you agree in the NBA because in the NBA, Joe and I always say, in our opinion. They let their players have opinions. They let their players wear Black Lives Matter. My point is, they let them have a political voice. So their players, in response, just stand for the national anthem. You know, does that make sense? Like, it's it's not a, much of an issue because their players have freedom to express their opinions. But in the M- NFL, I think it's a problem because you they don't have that freedom because the owners are more out of touch. Yeah, there's a different um, different model in many regards uh, with the NBA. First of all, their union is way stronger. Way stronger than ours. Um, and it's not the not, it's not a knock on our, on the NFL's union, uh, on the players' union. It's just that the structure of the whole, of everything is very different. When you look at, there are players in the NBA that are bigger than the NBA. That they could yeah. literally, if you took... LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, and said, hey, we're going to go start a league in Brazil. Yeah. (laughs) People are going to find a way to try and watch that and go to see that. You know why? Because all you need is 10 guys to start a basketball league and a basketball and a guy that understands rules ref-wise. You don't actually need to play a basketball game and to set up a game that people will watch. And the reason why you, you see it, because there are leagues, there are pro-am leagues all over. The Drew League, you know, Rucker League. Sure. All these leagues that are known for years that amateurs and pros come and play. And it doesn't take that much. Like, you know, in the big picture from the production-wise, yeah, it takes a little more. But to set up a pickup game, it's nothing. And yeah. people will always come and watch. Those games are always packed in on TV. To play a football game, to create a football game, it takes a lot of bodies. It takes a lot of people, a lot of individuals. Referee, like it's a lot. Like you don't see pick guys playing pickup right. football. Yeah. It, there's a lot that comes into play with that. So they recognize just in, in that alone, there's value in the players know like, oh, I know who I am because I know that I can do this without you. Not too many football players actually believe 
that they can actually create a football game and play football without that person, that person, that person, that person. They need that person to to do what I do. So what happens is is it devalues them, and they believe like, oh, my values not as much because I do need you. And really, if you look at it, at the end of the day, yes, as big as the NFL is, mommy, I'm not that mommy. <laughs> Who am I? Why? Daddy. Yeah. What's up? What's up? That's our new intern. Your yeah, daughter my new there. my new intern is my daughter. What's up, bub? Take your headphones off. Take your headphones, headphones off. Headphones <laughs> off. What was what? I talking about? What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So I think that when in regards to the league, most guys, and I think I said this before, they don't actually know their value. So they're cattle. Like People don't understand. The NFL only exists because of the product. Right. And when I mean that it only exists, yes, that's it. I'm... I'm oversimplifying it but without the players it's just an idea it doesn't mean anything <laughs> like there's yeah. no it, it's amazing how like you look around this country it's amazing how much of it is like oh these players should you know they should stand up because they they live in a country where they can make a million dollars playing football it's like no they created I a say, league you where you can you make a million that, dollars yeah, like, playing you football. You don't understand that. Like, we're really good at what we do. Yeah. Like, the best it, of the, the best. Be, yeah, so you, people, it's so weird that people don't can't understand this, that you cannot pull guys off the street. I know people think that and do what we do. You can't. It's been tried. They tried to do it before. It doesn't work. Yeah. The reason why the NFL is so popular is because the product we put out is very high. <laughs> sure. It's a high end product. We are the Louis Vuitton, Gucci of what we do. They're elite, you know, and they're of every sport across the board is very, very, very elite. It's it is what it is. And when you think about uh if guys knew their value and knew like, oh, you can't do this without me and could stand, you know, in solidarity and, and unified for a cause. I'm telling you they could really do it but that's with anything you know like, yeah. I think I saw something the other day where and I don't even know I have no idea contextually where, where this was or anything but like I guess in some factory they fired two Hispanic workers and like I said it could have been for good reason I have no idea but all the other Hispanic workers walked out of work and it was like damn I guarantee you that affected something Sure. <laughs> just but, off of yeah. straight numbers yeah. and Regardless of like people, we just don't. I remember in the league when we did our when we had our lockout, which again lockout to just inform people they locked the doors on us. We didn't strike. They told us we couldn't come to work. People wanted to come to work, uh, but it was because we were making too much money. They realized, oh, you guys are on this scale. You're making too much money. We wanted to scale things back, so they locked us out. We signed an agreement, like they always talk about. We signed a contract collective bargaining agreement and they were like no we're gonna tear it up it's up right now and now we're gonna lock the doors on you so once again it's one of that cognitive dissonance you know like how hypocritical about you know the top down of well you have a contract you need to do this you need to buy by this i'm like it's not how things that, that's what there's so much 
like terrible opinions out there and that you know Andy brought up the NBA before everybody goes you know the NBA has a rule where you have to stand for the anthem because they had they had a an issue with uh, a guy in the 90s and they made a rule after that but at the same time with a collective bargaining agreement they go hey okay we'll sign up for that but contracts are guaranteed if I shred my knee I'm not uh, unemployable like I'm sure that is something that is being discussed right now by the NFLPA. It's like, well, what are we willing to back off of this for? But the the owners are not willing to negotiate. And what I what I've noticed, what's amazing about the NFL, and tell me if you agree with this. I feel like just in the last 10, 12 years, even since you you were in the league, it seems like they've really limited the number of people that are actually paying good money like there's two or three or four guys on every team that's actually uh was the major deal of our collect our the new cba that we signed i apologize to a lot of young guys because i said you're not going to actually see how it affects you early on but you will later on because they it's a young league now because they don't have to pay They'll just release older guys yeah yeah um and what happened when you made that young rookie scale that wage scale, it slotted everything. It made things a lot easier for you. Yeah, the league's going to make a lot of money. And I actually had this conversation with Wood, uh, with Charles Woodson, in the thing when he was like, no, it's actually good. Like, guys are going to make more money. But I said, I've never understood how is this actually a good CBA when we're actually taking less money? Yeah. It doesn't make – like, when have we, we – the reason, only reason why we're in this conversation is around the money. That's the main conversation. I was like, but now we're taking less money. You're trying to tell me that this is a good situation. I said, I play. I know both sides. I came in as a free agent, no money, and then I happened to you know build myself up and I got a big contract, blah blah blah, and all this stuff. And I changed my role. I was like, but I understand both sides. I'm not that. I'm that right now, but I'm, I'm I'm where you are right now. I was like, but Wood, it's only good for you. Right. And Clay it's, Matthews and exactly. Aaron Rodgers. I was like, literally three guys on the team and the three faces. I was like, even the guys who in the moment are making big money, the moment they overprice themselves, they that's a wrap. They're cut. Yeah, because the they can get they, cut. Yeah, they can cut, and then they can pay three young dudes. I was like, that's always how it's gonna how it's gonna be. To some degree, I was like, but now we just made it even easier for them. And they also, you know, tried to create the owners and the management tried to create this argument of veterans versus rookies. And it really was it was stupid because what it did was, you know, at that point in time, the rookies were making so much money. These rookie contracts, these rookie quarterback contracts were mega. Uh, RG3, Matt Ryan, they were just insane. And these guys hadn't played any downs. And my thing was cool. One has nothing to do with the other. If they want to pay, them paying that much money has nothing to do with them paying me an X amount of money. Like, I don't want to take money out of their pocket because to say, like, oh, you take money out of their pocket, you're going to give it to me. Because I already know what it is. There's no guarantee that they take money out of their pocket, that they're going to give it to us. They'll yeah. just say, no, we're going to take money out of their pocket, and then we're still not going to give you that. Or they'll say, like, but what they were trying to do is make it the conversation around, like, oh, well, these young guys are taking money from you. I'm like, nah, I know how much money the NFL is being made. Right. There's more than enough money for you to pay them that and pay me even more. They, to me, let them set that standard. Because if you pay them X, you got to pay me X times Y. And what happened was it, you got people to actually say they need to be making less. And I'm like, this is so dumb. 
let them make whatever the hell they want right. to make. And now they're slated. They're not making whatever they make. But you see it's much lower. And you see how it's affected other guys. So, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I mean, right. I think I, I a, look at the NFL, and it's it's sort of a microcosm of, of the country. It's like the the 1% gets richer, you know. It's definitely a micro. And, it's, and it, the, the rookies and the guys are nothing. But then, you know, everybody – we go back to the anthem thing. Everybody's complaining about the anthem. It's like, oh, if these guys cared, they'd all kneel. I'm like, if you're on your rookie contract and they can replace you if you get injured, if you fumble, if you get – why would you ever kneel? Why would you ever? No, why would you ever? And this is what yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And this is where the conversation around like values and priorities. Because I know a lot of guys who value where Kaepernick is coming from. They understand they're in the same exact boat in conversation, but they can't prioritize that based upon their life, based upon what they value in regards to ball, what they love. They're looking for an opportunity. Um, and I get it. Now, like I said, it's because individual. They know individually they can be cut. They're not going to cut a whole team. Right. And when people are able to recognize their value, I said this right along. If half the quarterbacks in the league said, cool, guess what? We're not showing up until you guys figure out this whole situation with the anthem, which is a distraction at the end of the day nowadays, uh, police brutality, all the conversations that really we need to have a conversation about. If you're not, we're not showing up, guess what? It would go number one to the priority list. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing. For, forget half the court. Like, you could get it done with, you know, five. If, yeah, I'm just saying. If, if Brady, Rodgers, yeah, exactly. Odell, J.J. Watt. All that, it's like, all the time like oh, said, damn, you know, J.J. Watt said it. Show up. Yeah. One Sunday. Yeah. You, how long did it, that uh, referee strike last? Yeah. How long? That, you know why? That, that one Seattle play. One game. Yeah. yeah. One week of games, of trash games. Awful games. Referees. Yeah. Letting you know, like, oh. Their elite in just calling a That's game. A good point. That's a good point. It lasted point. a week. I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. That's and right. They were like, "Oh, oh, we got to get this done." They came back so fast to the table to work it out because they knew, like, bad product, bad money. Now we had we had Sean Merriman on the show a couple weeks ago, cool. and and you know he's he he's just a, signed a. Uh, like a, um, a like bare knuckle yeah, boxing. Like, yeah, what, what, what's he doing now? I saw that. He's you know interestingly enough. About to I be can, real lights I out. can understand I can understand it because we're warriors, man. Yeah. And when you leave the game, there's an aspect of that that you you lose. And sometimes you're okay with it for a little while. Like I, I went through I like wanted nothing to do with it. And now and he's probably been out maybe around the same time as mine. And there's just something like a lot of us we use our body. There's a sense of physicality that we're used to using our body. Yeah. To do things. And to like run through, run into, like just so I can understand. I used to always tell my family, I was like, oh, if I wasn't a football player, I'd probably be a, a fighter and to some degree. Yeah. Um, just because I can appreciate using my body. Uh, so it was like, oh, it's crazy. Like I ain't trying to get hit in the face right. anymore. So I brought I brought up Sean because I asked him, and you know he was a defensive player, but I'd love to have your opinion too. You just said that the anthem thing, you know, you said it's a, a distraction at this point. It, when you're in a locker room, how much of the stuff that the media refers to as a distraction actually distracts you as a player? Uh, Whether it be a quarterback. Small, small amount. Yeah. Small amount. Um, 
Yeah. And when I meant distraction, I just meant a distraction away from the converse, the, the, the point of it. Right. Like, sure. Nobody gives a shit about But everybody, you know, that everybody brings up oh. like, oh, they don't, you know, they don't want Colin, Colin Kaepernick in the locker room because he's a distraction. The, the players don't want him there. The guys uh, don't want him there. I don't know any players. Not to say there aren't. Yeah. I just haven't heard that from players in regards to that aspect. I'm sure that, yes, there are players that don't want it around, not because it's a distraction, because they just don't want to be associated with it in any regard. They they just rather would focus. So I guess it would be a distraction. Uh, but I think that, yes, I do think that ownership doesn't want it because it's a – if you look at from ownership aspects, and you got to understand business. I own a business before it's a team, before it's a sport. So from, a, from that aspect – is it financially smart to bring Kaepernick onto a team? No, it's not. It is what it is. When you look at supporters, for the most part, and it's not. Um, it's not financially smart. Is it ethically, morally smart? Depends on which way you line. That right. could go both ways as well. Um, My argument against that would be, take a team like the Houston Texans last year. Yeah. They were... Uh, wholly different team when Deshaun Watson was on the field Absolutely. as opposed to when Tom Savage was on the field. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson goes down. They were talking there there are teams like these guys might be a contender. He goes down they, they go 4 and 12. Yeah, one of the worst things. When you have financially bringing a Colin Kaepernick situation uh, into that situation, sure, maybe 10% of the fans stop coming. But doesn't that give you significantly more chance of making a playoffs, getting a playoff home game, Which getting more, more TV? Money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess so. I don't know if how many people the way, stop so going. I in. think that no. Well, I don't see the thing. I don't know to the detail of. I think Cap. Of course, everybody knows Cap should be in the NFL. He's better than at least 60%. I don't know how he's, <laughs> what shape and how he's doing right now, but I know he's better than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. Can you, can you just repeat that one more time as a former NFL running back for all the people out there who are like, he's washed, he's not in the league because no, he stinks. Kaepernick should, Colin absolutely should be in the NFL, should be on a roster. He, he from a ability aspect, he deserves to be on a roster. Like, Absolutely. It's, I think that, do I think that he's a franchise quarterback at this point in time? No, strictly ball-wise. Um, but I also think that when you look at, from a business sense, yeah, they might say it's not worth it. How much is he going to play? So he doesn't want to be a backup. Understandably. Like, I don't think anybody wants to be a backup. Maybe some running backs towards the end of their career, they don't want to get hit. But, uh, <laughs> listen, I, I was down with that. Uh but he wants a particular role. See, my thing is that he wants it to look a certain way. And the thing about the NFL, like, you don't – nobody owes you shit. This is a privatized – it used to be public, but now, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, this is a, a corporation that they don't owe you anything. Like, you want to play in the NFL, you can play football anywhere. You can go on the – just go – like, you want to play in the NFL, then, yes, there's going to be some things. And nothing's fair. This What's fair – it's not about fair. My thing is that the conversation around what Kaepernick's doing, yes, I'm sure he wants to play football. And in the same breath, you do understand that you're still playing with white, older men 
who have this mentality to many degrees and not to say that like you know it's all of them by any means but it's still some of the stuff that Jerry Jones says is absurd yeah and if you literally change around some words it's slave master <laughs> right like I, I, I saw a tweet I saw this tweet I thought it was so fun it's funny but it's sad at the same time it was basically saying if Jerry Jones lived in slavery plantation days he'd have more slaves than any other plantation owners which was yeah Again, it was just one of those tweets where it was like, it's hitting a point. A lot of people are like, oh, that's so fucked up or whatever. But what you're saying exactly is he doesn't stand for anything. Like, like He stands for money. That's, that's what it. I'm saying. At the end of the day, Jerry Jones just stands for money. And, and, and what you're saying is actually what I've – that's always been my knock, Ryan, on the NFL is that if you look at the other leagues, it's, the NFL is, is basically all old white men. Yeah, yeah. And that's all they care about. My point is, a Mark Cuban type doesn't exist in the NFL. Who wants to win, whose players like him. Like, yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of owner just doesn't exist. And, and to me, I think that's the main problem that's happening now, is that it's all old, white money, oil money. Yeah, but you know, it's, that's, you know. That's what you can afford NFL teams, I guess. I guess I should say, obviously, all the leagues have yeah, it is. billionaires who are owning teams. But my point is, I just think in other leagues, it's not like like the owners. When I think NFL, I just think old, angry white guys. Like, get off my lawn, right? Like, that's what <laughs> that, that, that's what I think when I think of the owners. I don't, and I'm not saying that there aren't the old, angry white guys in the NBA. In yeah, yeah, or, they are. Or, or, they're there. Trust. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Of course, they're there. But I think I'm right, and everybody would agree. Like, like when they show, like even take here in LA, the Clippers, like Steve Ballmer's a, a lunatic, and I and I, we always joke about him, but he legitimately cares. You see him, you know, when they show him. He, I don't even know. Oh, okay, so he knows the Clippers. He actually cares about the team and winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, when, when I look at Jerry Jones or Arthur Blank or any of these guys, and they just show in their suits on the sideline, all those dudes care about is making money. Like a lot of them, like Joe was talking about the Texans. Like, if you don't care about your team winning games and it's all about money, basically, fuck you as an owner. Because, because, because you hate the fans and you also hate the players. Yeah, I think Jerry wants to win. Um, His way. Yeah, because I think winning is, you know, in many regards is seen as power. Winning is, is seen as Jerry believes and, and in many rights. He is a winner in life. You know what I mean? Right. In business. Jerry runs Dallas. Yeah runs Dallas like uh, and people don't know to what degree but it's really when you have a, I have friends that live in Dallas on many different fronts from uh, in, in many different economic states and they all talk about how it's Jerry's world it is when we went down there for the Super Bowl it was like oh Jerry was making announcements about the city of Dallas and what was going on it was like damn this guy Not really the mayor. No, 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 no. Jerry. Literally yeah. Jerry. Yeah. And that was when they had the big snowstorm, big ice yep. storm or whatever. Jerry was the one keeping people abreast on what was happening and everything like that. So I think that Yeah, that that whole conversation around like I think he does want to win games because he knows what that comes what that, you know, Dallas Cowboys are quote unquote America's team, a part of America, of course. And they when they win, a lot of good things happen. But it's like a boastful aspect it, it, of it. It's like, you know, like almost like that. It's, it's like the 
some aspect of the cowboy. And I don't have a be honest with you. I don't have a problem with uh, let Jerry be whoever the fuck Jerry sure. be. Cause right. let, shit, Jerry's showing you exactly who right. he is on many fronts. He always. The, he's he showed it in regards to the other owners when they have owner conversations yeah. and they sit down in those owner meetings and Jerry's like fuck that revenue sharing is dead I'm not doing none of that shit yo I'm not sharing with the Jaguars who back then weren't winning a fucking game you know what I mean well what's yeah. amazing about Jerry and and a lot of the owners is how they'll they'll openly like he, I mean he was going to the mats over Ezekiel Elliott's suspension he's gonna take I'm gonna take it to the Supreme Court you're not gonna have a guy suspended just because he beat up his girlfriend or pulled down <laughs> a shirt in public but then when he has players that go hey I just want to be able to say what I uh what, what I like, he's like, oh no, that's not going to happen on my watch. Like it's like it's weird how he'll just jump from one side of the fence to the other. How it suits it's, him, it, yeah, of course. You, it's not good for bottom line, right? You can't have a bunch of people that uh, you got to have for most machines to work. You got to have workers, and you got and workers need to put their head down and work. When you look up and say, hey, wait a minute, why are we doing this? Oh shit, that's a problem. But for Jerry, again. This is what always amazes me about whether it's Jerry Jones or any of these NFL owners. And I've always said, at the end of the day, we're all hypocrites. Like, like, yeah, the, the, l- l- like, like we're all hypocrites. But with these guys, Ryan, it's like, it, like, like take Jerry Jones with what's going on with the anthem and everything. Does he not see, like, okay, take somebody like Greg Hardy. You went and you signed Greg Hardy. He's got all this baggage, a lot of bad shit. You sign him and you have no problem signing him. And again, do what you want. I don't care. But then you have an issue with a player saying, I'm not going to stand for the national anthem. My point is, how does he not see how ridiculous that looks? Or how does He doesn't he, give well, a shit. But how does the, <laughs> No, that's is, is, is that all he it is? He doesn't actually give a shit. He doesn't care. Like, and that's what people, people want others to care. And they want others to, hey, don't you actually give a fuck about my feelings? You don't, hey, you don't see me over here? And they're like, no, I don't. And instead of being like, oh, you know what? Cool, I appreciate that. I'm just gonna stay away from you because <laughs> I don't want, like, I don't want to participate in that. The fuck, I I'm not comfortable. This what happens is that they still do participate, and then they just get frustrated. But it's only because they're not comfortable with whatever they have going on enough to say, you know what? I'm good. I'm so good that I don't care what the hell you have product wise. I'm not fucking with you. Right. And if enough people said, you know what? I love football. Yeah. But I'm so disgusted with sure. the aspect of what the NFL is doing that I just don't have to watch football. I'm good. I have enough football in my memories and enough. I'm good, man. I'm yeah. not fucking with it. I want to uh, – we, we can wrap up this stuff uh, because, you know, we, we have so much we want to talk to you about. Cool. You, know, you don't need to be the, the NFL, you know, the former yeah, player. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. And none of this is going to – people right. are still going to watch but the I, NFL. But what I'd like to ask you just in wrapping up that, that sort of topic is from, a, from an outsider – that was once an insider from somebody who you know knows what these players are going through. That still has people that you've even played with that are still in the league, and you know there's certainly a brotherhood of of the NFL players. Yeah. What is what's your hope and how this all wraps up in the end? Is it hey maybe we can swing this as you know something more beneficial in the next CBA? Or I'd like to see the owners just say hey guys do whatever you want. Wear you know wear Hawaiian shirts during the anthem and lay down on tiki chairs and just have a drink do whatever you want like what how do you hope it it ends up i I haven't really given too much thought to how i hope it ends because i don't 
actually see it changing that much. The one side may concede, but I don't actually see them really giving into the bigger picture of why they actually did this. If I hear one more person talk about veterans and disrespecting the flag, I'm like, what are you talking about? I actually saw a video of Jerry Jones. This is this is what's crazy. And I don't mean to go back to this. Like one of my former coaches in the NFL, I'm not going to say any names cuz I love this guy, sent me a video of one of the reporters from Dallas. I don't know if he's a beat writer or whatever, but he's definitely one of the reporters talking about the conversation that Jerry Jones said that, you know, they just said that guys need to stand the line. I guess that told right. the line. Yeah, told um, anybody line. who's not gonna stand for the anthem will not be a Dallas Cowboy. Like like hard line, you will not yeah. be playing for the Dallas Cowboys. And they were like, But you can beat your wife, you can right. do this, you right. can do that, you can be a drunk, you can do blah 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 blah. You can do all this, but no you do not stand. And then they show a video of him actually during the anthem with his hat on. Yeah, I and saw that. And then somebody even and said to him, And then somebody right? said to him, uh, and he was like, I don't care. Which lets you know, whatever, man. This yeah, he shit stands is, for it nothing. It doesn't yeah. mean a fucking thing, man. It's yeah. like, who, who gives a shit? Like, this dude doesn't care about any of that shit. And that's the thing. Most people don't. So they're full of shit. And I said this before. You know who I see... Th- who, who's outside of football games all the time? Veterans. Homeless veterans. Every single stadium they're outside of. They get walked by everybody. People walk by and don't give a shit about them. They don't pay any attention to any of them. They don't give them. There's no thank you for your services. And I mean, these are homeless. They might have amputees, whatever it may yeah. be. I'm, it's so funny. I took a couple years ago... And when I say funny, I mean sad. <laughs> I took um, a friend of ours, two little boys, to a game, a Dolphins-Rams uh, game. And it was around all, you know, talking and everything like that. And I'm just watching, and I'm seeing all these people walk right by them, right before the anthem hits. And I'm like, these people don't give a shit. And I'm like, everybody's full of shit, man. They don't actually care. I was like, because at the heart of it, there's a responsibility and it's like, no, you want to be able to put blame on somebody else. Like, real? How many people during a game in their house stand up? No, nobody. They don't even right. stop nobody. talking. Right. <laughs> you they, might they, actually change the channel if they're showing it. Right. If they were showing the yeah, anthem, you'd be like, oh, let me go over and get you my know, fantasy update real quick. Th- and if you recognize that no players give a shit about that, we didn't know. We didn't give. We give. Who cares? It was just extra time. We're thinking about what we need to do. But if you think about, cool, why? Why they do this? Damn, they said that there's stuff going on that. Clearly, whatever's going on with them is important enough for them to do this. Cool. Well, let me ask you about this because I don't have the same experience. And that's what happens. Like, your loyalty, your pride for anything is based upon a particular experience that you had. So if somebody says, yo, I'm not loyal to that person, that you're like, what? This person was great to me. They probably had a different experience with, than you did with that person. Yeah. So if people of color or the all these football players are saying, yo, I'm kneeling because of this X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's probably because they had an experience with X, Y, and Z. Well, it's amazing, so though, it's like because. Common, you know, you yeah. it's common sense and pretty basic, but it's, of course, it's not. Um, but until we can come to an understanding of, yo, this is, this is it. And you, this is what happens when you hold property rights above human rights. Then, of course, you're going to things are going to be in skew. 
Yeah, it, it, and it's crazy that people can't look outside of the box and outside of their own worldview. Obviously, I am not a, a black man in America, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But not only has this issue brought that, you know, the Anthem thing brought that to the forefront for all of us to think about, but I don't even, that's not even considered by me when I think about that this is wrong. I'm more going, I, I don't care if these guys are kneeling because they're saying, I hate the United States of America. That's the point of living here. You're allowed to do whatever you want. We claim freedom. If these guys go, hey, we're kneeling because we want the country to fail, well, that, that's up to you, man. It's America. Kneel for whatever you want. Sit for whatever you want. And the idea that there's people saying, no, I won't support guys being free, it's like, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It, it is what it is. Everybody, I think... I think people are boring. Yeah, <laughs> I think people are. They, you're right. They don't have. They don't. That, that's. They don't have anything going on in their yeah, lives. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. I think that they don't. You're right. Uh, I don't think there's enough that they feel fulfilled in in their world. This is why sports is so big. Right. And and literally it's, why sports is so but, big. But, but to me, it's it, it's it's all the same. It's the same type of person. It's the same type of issue. It's even though it has nothing to do with it. It's it's the same thing for. Two guys who want to get married. It's like, I always say this. How does that affect you? How does that affect you if Colin Kaepernick and Kings? How does that affect you if two men want to get married? It's like the same thing. If it doesn't affect you personally, why do you care? Why, like that, you, because it, it, I don't know. Because it's I don't a slippery know. I tell, slope. Yeah. If two men get married, yeah, then what? You know, what, they gonna force me to marry a man? Are they gonna? It's, <laughs> You know, it's, people it's, they're gonna force. Dude, it's 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 like, it, well, well I guess everything to Jack. I, I I don't know, man. I, I guess it all. Yeah, if you have those thoughts, then right? At any point in time, if you're, you're like, oh, guy. this is the beginning, man. Right? They're gonna start forcing me to to do gay things. What? Like, yeah. What? I, it, well, I always if, say, if you believe that, yes, and I guess everything does have an agenda. But if you believe that that's where the direction the agenda is gonna go, then yes, you're gonna be. But I, if you look at this, this is why. Sports is not on the fringe. They're not pushing the fringe of like thought process. The reason why entertainers and sports is so big is because people don't have enough things going on in their own world sure. right. that they actually want to sit and be engulfed in. I've had conversations. It's a really the whole thought process around fans, which comes from fanatics, diehard fans for cities and teams. It's so crazy to me that these people really are pissed. Their days are fucked up when certain things happen or don't happen with a team. Like it'll fuck their world up. Their emotions. Yeah, like are, no, I mean, but like run their life. Yeah, by yeah. how many how, yards like, yeah, you get? I do, or like a decision the that's Chicago made. Bears. Just watch a draft, right? And watch the reactions from people when they draft a player or don't draft a player. That's a good point. People are pissed. Or like made their day. I can't imagine what Buffalo Bills fans have been going through. <laughs> right? Ninety what those four years. <laughs> Somebody needs to check the amount of suicides yeah. during those four years of those four Super Bowl losses. Yeah. Because I know that Buffalo's a it's a prideful city. It's a, a small city in regards to the, you know, in the, in the big scope, but they are. They're proud about their bills. So when they were talking about moving them to Canada, it was like, what, how dare you, blah, 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 blah. And they haven't won shit in how, who knows yeah. how long. Yeah, uh, ever. ever. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, great so, supportive fans. But super supportive and die hard. So I can't imagine that people really get pissed. 
I'm like, man, you can imagine, like, what that would do if they won. Literally, the spirit, like, what it would do for people. And so I, I recognize that you can really, a lot of things can be controlled with winning and feeling good about who you are. Like, it all it all plays a picture, man. It's, well, I, we I don't can, understand. I understand it. It's just so not a part of my world yeah. that it is what it is. Well, you know, last time you were here, we talked to you a, a ton about the NFL, and we, we really glossed over um, your your career at Notre Dame. Oh, and, yeah. It's because uh, it wasn't worthy of it. Well, <laughs> well, what I, what I want to, you know, a, a, as a smooth sort of transition from this, like when I was thinking about saying, hey, I'm just not going to watch the NFL. I don't want to support this. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just get back into watching college football. And then oh, I was like, shit. oh, that's not really a whole lot of a better situation. It's a, in many degrees, it's worse. As, 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 a, as an athlete, you know, you went to a school that uh, a lot of people, you know, Notre Dame has a – is known for hey they, they graduate a lot of their players yeah. and you know i know a lot of notre dame haters like the guy on your right over here are like oh it's all bullshit they're not under- getting any education more than anybody else but uh Throw was it, it just what, throwing me under the bus was with it, that. okay i'd like to have a conversation about it and and but you know what listen i'm a pretty much I, if you speak truth i don't care you be KKK, man. If you say something truth, yeah. I'm gonna be like, "Hey, man, he's right." Uh, but what, what was that? I will, not to say you're KKK no, yeah. by any means, but I um <laughs> I would like to have you hear your uh your your thoughts on I, that. I don't think I said that about Notre Dame. My, my gripe about Notre Dame has been uh, it's been more of the people, not not even the players. Okay. You know, Joe, that's been my main yeah. gripe. To be honest, yeah, my well, gripe a lot been, of overrated talk. And oh a lot yeah, of like, I, I feel the teams are traditionally overrated. Absolutely, for sure. yeah, 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 and the, and the, you, absolutely. Notre Dame's always in the top ten. Always, but I listen. I'm, I agree with you. I saw something today. I saw not today. Uh, yesterday, I saw the top twenty or whatever top. I think Notre Dame's eleven in the yeah, preseason. Yeah, and I was, <laughs> whoa, yeah. threw me off. I was like eleven. Okay, yeah, it was like eleven, and Michigan was twelve, and I was like, uh, you guys okay. always start top fifteen, top twenty. Uh, yeah, hey, it doesn't matter. Good, but, good but, for them. but a lot of my gripes <laughs> has been it, it's a personal thing. It's uh, I had a buddy who went there, so I would go up once a year for a game. Okay, so, cool. so I've been up to South Bend a bunch. I've been up there four or five times. My gripe was always I felt like an elite uh, – the student body was uh, was very, like, acted like they were so much better, you know, because I didn't go to Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'll tell you when there's a lie. So, so I'm speaking the truth here. <laughs> yeah, you're speaking and the truth. And then a lot of unattractive girls who I didn't appreciate the attitude. Listen, I, <laughs> hey, I'll tell you when you lie. <laughs> that, that's basically my point to Notre Dame. No, that and it's all true. We used to – even players at Notre Dame, there was uh, – Yes, I will say Notre Dame is, does not have the best-looking uh, student body. Um, I don't think that people are going to Notre Dame because of that, by any means. Yeah. Um, it's cold. Well, by any means. What was your overall experience there in terms of football, in terms of being a, a student, in terms of just being like a student athlete? Was it uh, was school just was it difficult to be an athlete and and go through school there? My experience yeah. at Notre Dame was interesting. Of course, football-wise, it didn't go the way I thought it would. My career, it started off pretty strong, and then it, it didn't go the way I thought it would. Team-wise, it didn't go the way I thought it would. Who were you playing? Remind us. Who were you playing? Who were your coaches when you were there? I had Bob Davey. Uh, and you had Ty Willingham? Then I had Ty. I had uh, my guy for 24 hours. O'Leary. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, yeah, right. I was part of that whole storm. But uh, and then we had yeah, that Ty and my senior year, Ty got fired, 
and then we were part of a committee that brought in uh, Weiss. But uh, so I didn't actually play for Weiss. Um, but yeah, it wasn't football-wise what I thought it was going to be. Uh, on a host of areas, uh, we didn't win as many games. I was used. To, I came from a program that won games in high school, uh, so we didn't compete on that level the way I wanted to individually. I didn't think I developed the way I wanted to in my career. Didn't happen. Uh, personal achievements. Uh, it was it was difficult to find balance as a student athlete you know between the ball schedule and because i will say to go to notre dame side you dig it is hard yeah it's difficult and because you it's hard so to find that balance and you got to understand when i was there we weren't on a training table do you guys know what a training table is no so a training table in college is basically uh uh it's like full food like so most football programs have their own um like chef dining hall and everything like that because we're not on the same schedule with regular students yeah like we have to eat sure we have to eat better food and more you know right right so usually schools have their own dining room for athletes you know for football players um and you can eat whenever you want different times because our schedule is different blah 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 notre dame we didn't have that so yeah because notre dame's different i know right like you guys like when you went there they don't a lot of schools have like the football dorm, the basketball dorm. Nah, we you live with just, everybody. Yeah, you were just with the random Joe Schmo, right? Yeah. So Notre Dame's whole and it's changed over time. They've definitely they're on the training table now, and they don't they don't eat necessarily with the regular school. But Notre Dame, when I was there and the years before that, they used to do everything in their power to keep student athletes. I mean, to keep the athletes like the student body. So they would actually give us less in many regards to even things out. And they were like, you are a student athlete, not an athlete, student, student athlete. So we ate with the regular students in the regular dining hall with a regular swipe card. And and our dining hall was actually really strong. Uh, it was a good dining hall. But hours wise, we would have to do it when we could. Yeah. In between practice and between class and everything like right. that. I would have to run to the dining hall after practice, after treatment. Literally, we would have to run to the dining hall to make sure we got there before it closed. When I'm like, are you kidding me? This is crazy that I have to run to eat, which is probably outside of sleeping the yeah. most important thing sure. that I need to do with what I'm doing for my body. Uh so yeah, then we'd have what we call grab and go if we couldn't get, which is every all the student body had and grabbing bowl was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and like a little snack or something like that. And Which when you're a student athlete, when you're a football player, you need about 40 of to yeah. get through your day. So <laughs> what we could get because we were a student athlete, we could get an extra half of a peanut No, I'm serious. I'm yeah. serious. dead serious. We could get an extra half. So you got to understand, we didn't do any of this. And then we had mandatory That's study hall after that. That's why you guys won't win any games. No, right? no, no, listen. Remember when that um, – I'm trying to remember who, who a couple years ago, the coach came out or a foreign player that basically was like, yo, the reason why Notre Dame's not going to win because they're not getting the athletes and it, it's too hard. Right. Yeah. Oh, that shit is truth. Every football player from Notre Dame, every was like, oh, they're telling the truth. So when I went to Notre Dame, I remember I was really close. Rex Hogan was our recruiting coordinator. Uh, he's with, he might be with the Jets right now. And Rex was the best. He was with Chicago for a long time. Um... He's a great guy, man. You guys like him a lot. I, I loved Rex. Rex used to tell us that, so if they were taking, he said on average, if you take the top 100 players in the nation, Notre Dame would immediately have to cut off 50 of them. Just from not being? Just from they couldn't get right. into school. And and that's the thing. That Notre Dame's the only school that made me actually 
fill out the application process. I had to actually write a paper. I had to actually go through the whole thing. So none, so none of the other schools, Michigan, wherever you're looking nah, at, nah. none of that. Nah. And I was a good student. Notre Dame didn't give a shit. They made me write out everything. I didn't. Matter of fact, I didn't do mine. And two weeks before, the I had already committed. And they, my coach called me and said, hey, did you fill out the, uh, and I was like, no, nah, I, I didn't know we had to do it. He was like, oh, yeah, you got to do that. So I had to actually write a paper, go through the process and all that. When I got there, they sat me down with the administration in front of a, I had a meeting with the administration, four people on a board, and they went over my transcripts from high school and went through every single grade, asked, asked me about my, my grades, went through every single year, a sophomore, freshman. I had a sophomore year where I went back to my public school, didn't do the best on particular, like in two classes. They asked me about that. What were you going through? What happened? You 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 got a D in this class, and I was like, yeah. I said I just moved, blah 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 blah. And I said, and honestly, I was an honor. It was an honors class, and I was like, I don't even know how I got in that honors class. I was like, I've just never really been into this. And I was like, but if you see, I picked it up the next. Year. Oh no, I had to do. This was Notre Dame. This was just for the interview process. This is just on my visit. This is on my visit. Yeah. So so I guess the question begs then. Why did I go there? <laughs> and I know we talked about this last episode, but but not just you. Why, why does anybody, because of the history, the tradition, because, you, you know, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. Yeah. I'm a high school kid. I'm a, I'm a stud athlete like you are, one of the tops in the country. You can it's go a real in, fantasy situation. Yeah, this is, this is, this is <laughs> yeah, something that would go, never go. happen on my unathletic white ass. But, 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 it, but you can do that. You got all these schools in your, and you still want to go. Like, what were, I forget, can you remind me? I didn't me? want to go to Notre Dame. Where were you, else were you looking? Michigan? Michigan, I, right? uh, Florida, Ohio State, Virginia, Georgia Tech. And then you had a Notre Dame. It's funny how that works. Like, <laughs> right? Values and priorities. I could put things in perspective around what do I actually value and what do I want to prioritize right now. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I can say, easy. The year before, I went, they went to a BCS game. They had a young team and went to a BCS game. They, they lost to um, Nebraska, no, Oregon State. They got whooped by Oregon oh, yeah, State. That was yeah. that was with Chad. Kushmanzada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they had a squad. It was that Erickson's team, right? Yeah. yeah. And they had a squad of Juco. They just molly whopped them. But it was a young squad. Cool. Levecchio was a quarterback at that time, that young young kid. I actually knew him from high school, blah, blah, blah. They had a really young team. Cool. So I'm like, all right. They went to a BCS game. Yeah. Young squad. You got a future. We're gonna go national contract, and at that point in time, having a national contract—I mean, that's NBC that's every week. Time. Yeah, yeah. So you know, attention-wise, uh, yeah, like it's all the eyes now, are there. Now it's different because every college actually has their own network, so for this part, everybody's on national stuff. It's not that big of a deal. But back then, there was that. That's right. But even now, it's like there's the SEC network and there's whatever. Yeah, but that was saying. like the Notre Dame they, on NBC. Exactly. That's what I said. So now it's not as big now because yeah. every team has it. Yeah. But back then. You knew every week you were going to be on national television. And Notre Dame played tough schedules. I will say that. Yeah. They, were, they are willing to do that. So you have that aspect. So for me, I'm looking, okay, cool, there's that. When I came in, every school basically told me I was going to be competing for a starting job or I was going to be a backup. At some Like coming into camp. They said, oh, no, we're going to let you compete to play as a friend. I want to say compete for a starting job, but compete to play. Like, but we want you at least backup. All of them. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Notre Dame told me, we got three backs that we like. We really like you, too. We want you, but we already have three backs that are good. They had Julius Jones, Tony Fisher, and Terrence Howard. And I was like, all right, cool. It's a good, 
it's a I'm in a good state where I'm not like pressured. They want me to come and they're gonna let me compete, but at the same time I'm not pressured to do anything. So there was a combination of things for me in regards to my career with Notre okay. Dame that I literally said, you know what, in the big picture, it works out. I didn't actually plan on staying four years anyway. Right. And I told my family this, like, oh, I was a top ten back in the nation. The combination of things really was like, you know what? I can make this work. And I can really realize, like, why I'm in it. Notre Dame, to me, was just like my high school. I went to a Catholic, all-white, all-boys high school. In my mind... Just like me. So in my mind, it was like, oh, this is just... Wait, where'd you go? Don Bosco Prep. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I went to Cincinnati St. Xavier. Actually, okay. did, you, did you play yeah, with you guys Rocky? Play. Did you play with Rocky Boyman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's two years above me. Yeah, I played okay. with Rocky. Gotcha. Rocky, you want to hear something crazy? <laughs> when, we, when I first came in, my freshman year with Rocky, Rocky was a thoroughbred. So one of the first people we saw was Rocky Bowman. He was a senior. Yeah. And we walk in, and Rocky was enormous. He had legs Honestly, and I don't mean to say, like a horse. Yeah. Like just super stout, like redhead. Yeah. All American, white looking boy. Yeah. Like white guy. For sure. And I'm like, holy shit. He wasn't necessarily talking to these young black kids, <laughs> the young black kids, and the young guys, and everything. About as intimidating as it gets. And I was like, yo, if I can ball against this guy, I'll make it work. Yeah. I'm sorry we do not say that. She, she called us yeah. a She yeah. called, yeah. Yeah. She she called me. Okay, cursing. I'm sorry, baby. Okay, you're right. We don't say that. Um, That's funny, yeah. You, don't say that again to me, hero. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so Rocky, so he's two years above me. Rocky in high school, and, and then he's, so he's a year below my brother. Rocky, when he started, he was just a skinny, that's what I heard. strong safety. Yeah, that's what I heard, yeah. And by the time he got to Notre Dame, I, I remember seeing the same thing because I would see him on TV. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, enormous. I'm sorry. That's on me. Tell him, say, we don't say that. Okay, yeah, yeah, still, no more. No, like more sw- no more swearing from Account- me. I'm going to have her here for every podcast. This is great, yeah. So you guys, we, we, can, we yeah, definitely we need her. We're going to sit there for all your yeah. podcasts and just be there. We need you to monitor. We definitely need her for every monitor. Okay, Bubba. Do you want to do that? You want to be our language monitor when we say bad words? You let him she's know. She's the FCC. Yeah, yeah for real. That's, she, she's that's the podcast it. FCC. She could be in a whole other room in the back of the house. <laughs> if she hears you, she's going to come running up to you and say, hey, we don't say that. So there you go. I, I, I like the serious look on her face. She yeah. don't play, man. She, she doesn't mess serious. around. My booker doesn't play. <laughs> so do you have any regrets about going to Notre Dame? Or? No, 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 no. Not at all. I learned, uh, I learned how to be a man in regards to like... So, Good. Okay. I learned how to be a man. Um, I learned. I know, baby. It's okay. I know. It's, it's okay. It's we, not we, that hot. We, we, We're sitting right here. Yeah, we got the fan, though. Yeah. You want me to put the fan at you? Oh, good. So I I learned how to be a man okay. in regards to what I believe to you know, be a man in regards yeah. to responsibility and ownership and I don't know honestly if it had to do with Notre Dame sure. but I was just put in a particular situation where I like owned up about my career I owned up about like the responsibility of like cool what was I willing to take on I'm really been I'm big on like not blaming coaches not like nah like at the end of the day ball out yeah like it's not my job to complain about the lineman that I had it's not as a running back my job is to run 
not to worry about who's blocking, not to worry about this, not to worry about my quarterback, not to worry about my defense. My job is to run. Whether they block or not, my job is yeah. to run. You you take full responsibility. Oh, yeah, so I take full responsibility. You running the ball, re- yeah, you're not playing the O-linemen, quarterbacks, coaches. I don't regret coaches. any aspect of it. I learned. I met some phenomenal people, like my best friends, like my brothers, you know, and that I worked with every day. I sweat, I bled with, you know, I peed. <laughs> we, 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 in the locker room every single day, we worked really hard together for a common goal I became my brothers and yeah so I met some really awesome people and great relationships and I was able to network and um, do some really good things because of it so I don't regret it at all like I'm really appreciate it. I learned time management I learned expectation I learned and just reinforced that life is not fair it doesn't matter like yeah get it done plain and simple and in the same breath if I had to do it all over again I would not do it I would not go there doesn't take anything away from Notre Dame. Or sure. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't go there because even more reinforcing what I thought about the fact that I didn't plan on staying four years regardless. Uh, and you put into perspective where my goals were and what I wanted to do. If I go to Ohio State, relatively speaking, I believe I go top two rounds, just based upon what they do for big backs and the supporting cast and the machine that they have rolling and prioritizing certain yeah. aspects. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame has always had this issue between administration and athletic department of prioritizing football. The conversation is they're not on the same page. So they act like they want to win, but they're not willing to do certain things to win. You can look at other programs and say, oh, they're, they're willing to do certain things to win. Um, this is why that Ohio State thing that just happened with Urban Meyer is a little interesting. But uh, you think yeah. he'll, be, he'll, he'll be fired though, right? Uh, yeah, I, it's funny. I've only heard from my uh, a couple things from my friend who is pretty involved in the college recruiting world. I have a friend who runs a, um, a recruiting service down in Florida, and he's like either the second largest or third largest, uh, and he's pretty involved. He has a really good relationship with a lot of coaches, um, and he actually played for Urban. Okay. At Notre Dame. He was a year above me. So Urban left the year before I got there. Um, so they know Urban pretty well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. From what I've heard from him, uh, yeah, I think they might. If they find out what they what it looks like, they know <laughs> that he already, that he was privy to some information. Sure. That, it, you know, with everything that's going on now. With the Me Too age, man. Everything you, that's done. going on, yeah. He's gonna. He's in a rough situation, and uh, which is interesting because I did think that you know you're talking about a coach that has won a lot of games and done a lot for Ohio State. So it's if they're willing to let him go, it must have been pretty bad. It, it not that I don't know. I'm not gonna go that right. far. Sure. I just know that the space they're in right now, they're prioritizing that. Yeah. That regardless of how bad it is. This is something that it's a there's a it's it's very sensitive and it's very legitimate that you everybody knows you you can't play around with that. And yeah, I, he, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd put him right when I I'd put you know him and Saban as the top two college coaches. Oh yeah, for what they've done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you talked about you know you you struggling with being a being same, a student same, athlete. Same. Do do another one, Bubba. I do another one. I know. Do another one. One more. Draw one more for me, okay? Draw one more. Draw one more. We'll be like five more minutes. How about that? 
Okay, but five you're more on. minutes. Here, let me just just hand it to me. I'll hold them on. It's very fitting that we have Ryan Grant on the show today, a former running back, because we all know running backs are who you're going to draft when you play fantasy, Joe. Usually, it's your first pick. Yeah, that's right. Yep. They give you all the points. It goes running back, then quarterback, usually. Yeah, running back, quarterback, and then those big-time receivers. Honestly, I haven't won fantasy football in forever, so I don't take my advice. Is there anybody who would have a better insight than I do, Andy? There is. Pro Football Fantasy Focus. That's right. Prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy Pro Football Focus. I love Pro Football Focus, owned by my boy, Chris Collinsworth, obviously, Bengal legend. Legend. Uses their data, exclusive data, on every play of every game to bring you the best fantasy insights and advice. Join PFF Edge for full access to PFF's player projections, fantasy draft resources, positional matchup charts, and, of course, their award-winning fantasy content. If you're a high-stakes player, step up the PFF Elite. Wow. Gives you premium stats 2.0 for exclusive player performance stats across every position. Elite subscribers also get, on top of that, the new PFF Greenline Pick Center and DFS Optimizer. PFF Fantasy leads to your victory with data-driven projections, expert rankings, and roster advice all year long from draft night along through the playoffs. The experts at PFF give you your team the advantage and inside it gives your team the inside advantage, I should say. So join PFF Fantasy today and prepare to win. Sign up now at profootballfocus.com. So, so if you guys want to sign up and get all these great insider, I mean, I know, stats, I know, we uh, have it. They, they've given us accounts. Yeah, and it, and it's pretty great. We we worked with them last year, and I was looking at it last year. I mean, it's. So much information and so many stats that, honestly, if you can't win your fantasy football league with this help, you probably shouldn't be doing fantasy football in the first place. And I know we have a lot of dirt balls out there and a lot of listeners who are involved in some serious fantasy football leagues. If you're if you're taking your fantasy football league serious, go go all the way. Get pro football fantasy. Focus. That's right. And you can sign up by going to profootballfocus.com. Again, that's profootballfocus.com to sign up and help your fantasy team. All right, let's get back to the interview with Ryan and let's hear what else he has to say. You know, we were talking about you being at Notre Dame, the struggles of going to class, being on the schedule where you're not treated as a at, you know, as a particularly special thing there, as opposed to others, yeah, other just recognize that the, the, the it's different. Like you're a student know, athlete. Yeah. Uh, where the you know we talk about programs like Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State, you know, and we've heard all the stories. Not only are you know, not only are, is it less difficult to get in there, and would school be less difficult at some of those places if you were just a student? Mm-hmm. But then. A lot of these places, we've heard the stories, they're not even actually going to class. They're, they're working hard to make sure some of these kids don't have to go to class. It seems to me that's like a pretty unfair thing to then say, hey, you guys are all now competing for the same trophy. Um, <laughs> is, is college athletics in general broken, and is there a way to fix it? And is there another option for you know a kid who wants to be in the NFL or the NBA besides going through that? Or should we come up with one? Yeah, I th- well, first of all, the NCAA is a mob. They're the largest mob, one of the largest mobs in the world. Uh, so right off that, I'm, 
kind of anti-NCAA. Uh, and I think that, yes, the model is super flawed. It's crazy. They are not amateur athletes. It is what it is. They are student athletes, but they're not. You can't. Like It is what it is. They go to school, yes. But to say that they are totally amateur athletes, it's disrespectful. And is it just like it's just not it's so absurd and you really the reason why you watch them is because they're very elite <laughs> right it's just yeah. so dumb like in the conversation again I'm like, it's are the you cream kidding? of the crop yeah again, like what are you like talking about this is why you go to see them this is yeah. why so many people go watch them because they're very 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 high end um people aren't going you don't see a hundred thousand people going to watch division three teams yes. yeah or yeah, even yeah, or yeah. even division one volleyball well, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm just saying you know? we know why because this is not the this is what it is so uh i don't i think the model at some point in time will have to change i'm hope my thing is like the more people show the more the ncw does these things i'm hoping that enough people say you know what fuck it the thing about football right now there's not enough people that feel like there's another platform to them for them to play for them to actually show their craft off. Now, you have, this could be in the league and in the NCAA, if enough people, and there are people who have issues with what the NFL is doing, with what the NCAA is doing, but clearly it's not enough for them to say, you know what, I value football, I don't value the NFL. I value football, I don't value the NCAA. I'm going to start my own. I value this enough to create a, a platform for kids and for opportunities to, to do it on, because there would be kids who said, you know what? I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and go this route as opposed to doing this. Yes, it's gonna be more difficult. It's gonna be harder. It might be a step back. But if people were willing to say, you know what? Fuck the NCAA. Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> like or f the NFL. Whatever it may be, let's do it this way. You got dudes, and these these are all black folks. But guess what? Jay Z, Diddy, Oprah, Tyler Perry. Trying to think of who else is like in that space that has a lot of money. Um, who's worth mega? Whatever. No, all those people. Sure. They could definitely say, you know what, Cap? You know what all the rest of these guys yeah. do? Yeah. We're going to start our own we'll thing. We'll start our own thing. Yeah. And you know what? We'll be able to pay you a couple. We won't be able to pay you the mega. But we'll be able to pick you. You're big enough of a name, but we'll get support. Basically. And what will happen to this community that's supporting them from Jump Street, we'll want to support them. Right. You know what I mean? And yes, it'll be a little harder. It's just the same thing. Like, you know. Kind of like what LeVar Ball's doing, but actually work. I was going to say, yes. Yeah. And I was going to use him as an example that, like, at the end of the day, nobody thought what he's doing. Yeah, it's falling high, falling out. Of, and a lot of it is based around how Lonzo performs and how right. his sons play regardless. Because the... His structure is based around what he did for them. So it's like, well, if he did it for them, if it works for that aspect, yeah, then he'll be able to do a lot of other things. Um, but he's doing it. Yes, there's going to be bumps in the road and everything like that, but he's actually doing it on yeah. his own. He's, you know what I mean? Sure. He's actually creating yeah. something other that people can say, you know what? Yeah, it might not be as clean, but at least it's not them. There's like, I'd rather play in this than be with this shitty, like, for my soul. You know what I mean? Like I said, for yeah. me to sleep at night, I'd rather do with this. Yeah, I went this, I took this route. And that's what he's saying. Like, people have an issue with him. Like, yeah, it's crazy. There's some hypocritical aspects of very much about what he does. But in the same breath, I'm not mad at what he's doing in, in regards for his children. Teaching that, 
the good things. Yeah, some of the stuff I think is ridiculous in regards. It's not something, but I can't hate on all of it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there are aspects about it in regards to like creating your own and not feeling like you have to either go this route or this route. Um, so yeah, I kind of want it all to. I'm not an anarchist, right? But I kind of I'm, I'm okay with if it was to be dismantled. You know what I mean? Because I think that that's the natural uh, order for how things are built up. And you know, like anything, when anything becomes popular too much, it needs to be destroyed because it goes in a direction that now it doesn't serve the people. It's not really about the people. It becomes about the this. Okay, man, let it let it go whichever direction it's going to go. You know, when we had you on last time, I know you were back and forth between out here on the East Coast. You're yeah. involved in a lot of different things. You got a you got a place. You got a you got a cafe, coffee shop in, yeah, in, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. How much? Because I know AP a lot cafe. of times athletes go one of two ways. They either like, oh, I can't get away from it. I'm going to be in broadcasting. I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to be whatever. Yeah. How, how involved are you in sports in general still? Whether it be the NFL or just following the NBA or I'm not really like I. Social media allows you to actually be involved but not really be involved. Yeah. I didn't watch one NBA game this year. You didn't watch one. Not one. But I swear <laughs> that I knew everything. Right. Just <laughs> off of my Explore page on Instagram. You saw all the highlights. I feel like the... I've saw it, seen it. I can that's tell wild. you. Ask me. I feel like I can you know tell the you beefs, everything you know the... that's going on in the NBA. Everything. Didn't watch one game. Well, well, that's um, funny because you would think off social media, you would think LeBron James is the worst player of all time. He's the worst human being. <laughs> yeah. Because God knows what all these idiots out there like to say on all these. Yeah, they always like to. It, it's it's Dude, absurd, you're lucky. man. You missed I, this. You basically I'm, missed this. I I I don't even feed in any of that. I mean, man. how many people tweet at you thinking you're Ryan Grant, the receiver? Oh, you're you're so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you guys saw some of that. You guys yeah. didn't catch the real. So I've been getting that for years. Uh, I don't know if idiots. I told you, but. Let's keep it in perspective. Washington sent me a check. <laughs> what? 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 How is that even possible? Wait, 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 wait. You are I got two checks from them. You you One check was like one check was actually mine and it has his it had his address. I'm going to change my name to Tom and Brady and just hope for the best. It was actually his. It was his bonus check. The Washington oh. Redskins yeah. sent you a check in the mail. Yeah. I almost went public with it. <laughs> just to like kind of almost like tweeted it and like posted it to kind of like but i was like what's the point um yeah oh, you should have you should have you should have just cashed and been like i thought i played for washington cte it's crazy so wait, this is the same league who's like you better stand up for that flag because the, but, but it's that same person who has these huge opinions they don't even know how to mail this my head's gonna explode. <laughs> like i can't i can't yeah, because we have the same name. You're the same name. Big deal. Like I know, I can't work it out. So what did you do? Like okay, so so take me through this. You when, was, when, what yeah. do you mean? I got a check. I got a thing that I and I know what checks look like. So I was like, <laughs> oh shoot, okay. So you get so a check. I opened the, the check, and I knew the first one. I knew that they owed me a check. It was severance. So I when I was there, I was only there for a month, um, and then when they they cut you, they give you a severance check. Sure. So I. Uh, I got released and then signed back with Green Bay. But it, once I retired, you know, you file for all your stuff, yeah. whatever. And uh, they sent me the check. So I knew it was a check. And then when I looked at the information, I was like, mm, this has his address on it. So I called my team, my, my agent, and I was like, yo, I know they owe me this, blah, blah, blah. And I called my financial team and I was like, they owe me this. 
And I was like, but it has his information on it. So I, so they went through the thing and it turned out, no, this is mine. They just put the wrong information down. They put his information down. So I was like, really? Like, come on, folks. So then there's that. Then you have, and I'm trying to remember how long it was after that, that I got his check. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I don't know. And then I saw what it was for. Like, you know, at the end of the year, they were giving, they give guys performance checks. Based sure. upon, not, not bonus checks based upon um, how you perform. It's really the, um, the pool of how many plays you play. Okay. So, you know, and I don't even know if they still do it, but I think they do. But so basically, if you're a seventh round draft pick or a free agent and you play, right, you start the entire season, yeah, your contract is not going to be relative to what you really should have earned because you're playing more than what you should, yeah, based upon your contract. They don't expect you to play. So there's a pool of money that you get. And like my first year in Green Bay, Mine was, it basically doubled my salary. I think I had like $300,000, something like that. You know what I mean? Because I ended up playing like a first rounder. You know what I mean? The amount of plays I was on the field. Sure. So, um, like, you know, any quarterback, they expect the amount of money you play, you should play every single play. So you yeah. get nothing. They, right. they get the least <laughs> yeah. amount of money at the end of the year because it's like, sure. they, literally, I think Brett got like 10 bucks. Something stupid. Um. So I think that's what that's what it was, but it was like I don't know, like forty thousand dollars, something like that. And I remember being like, "Should have cashed ah. it." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then there's other issues that I gotta do with potentially. Yeah. Right. No, I don't it's not like Monopoly. Yeah, bank, yeah, yeah. Bank error like, in your it's favor. Not like, wait, wait, what? Forty thousand. What you talking about? They'd be like, "Nah, guess what? You're going to jail." So um, yeah, I do that. But you know, it's stupid man. People make so you, mistakes. Are you watching? Them. Are you watching NFL games at all? Not really, dude. Like, I'm gonna keep it real now. Like, I'll probably. I it's it's to me. It's even. And this is why I say it's even easier to not watch games because it's so in your face. And now because of social media, I keep abreast between Twitter and between Packer fans, Twitter and like Instagram and yeah. I guess even Facebook. And you definitely know how the Redskins are doing because they they yeah, tweet they about Ryan Gray. Yeah, I'm still uh, yeah because I'm still involved absolutely on that aspect. Of course, you. It's easy to, to kind of. To me, it's easy to not watch because I'm still kind of in the know, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I just don't really have a desire. See, like, Andy, this is what I'm going to do this year. I'm just yeah. going to follow everything on Twitter, not you watch just, the games. Yeah, like it'll it'll pop up. Yeah, like, but here's, show. here's the difference. You and I host a, a ninety minute to two hour podcast twice so you, a week. So you got to know. What the- <laughs> So, so I'm the, saying I can follow it off you my could, explore yeah, page. You, you know, could, you, yeah, the you fans could. are gonna love we'll that. That'll, that'll yeah. be great for our numbers. Yeah, well, that that might show off a little bit. Yeah, that you you he don't know. Watch I'm the games, limited. Right? Yeah, I want your opinion. Should Joe watch the games? Joe should watch the games. There if, it is. Hold on, no, I didn't finish my thought. Yeah, <laughs> Joe should watch the games if he wants to know detail. Yes. Like, I can be honest and say, hey, I don't know specific. And yeah. then you can ask, and I can give my knowledge based upon what people tell me. Like, so, for instance, when certain things happen, I have a bunch of group chats where my boys will be like, yo, what about this? And I'll be like, I don't really know. Brief me, you know what I mean, yeah. on what's going on. And then I can say, oh, well, this is it, I, this might be this. And then I'll do my little research and find something out. Um, but overall, I just don't care enough to actually be in it because um, – I don't really want to get involved with the bureaucratic aspect of many, and and I know I already know that a lot. It's all bullshit. So all it's gonna do is just make me 
why make myself frustrated about it? Yeah. And it's cool. Like, yes, it doesn't take away from my appreciation of the athleticism. It doesn't pre- take away from my appreciation of the skill and the hard work of what these guys are doing. Like, they know. Sure. Like, you know, I can talk to Clay. And when I talk to Clay, I'm like, yo, how you feeling? I know what you're doing. Yo, let's work. When I talk to Aaron, like, it's all good game-wise and everything like that. And I want to make sure they're good at this point. Like, I don't really care about it. We all, everybody knows. The longer you, we always talk about it. The longer you play in the league. Yeah. The reason why guys stop playing when they choose to play is because they they get tired of the NFL. Right. And I not necessarily, we love football. We love playing football. Yeah. We get tired of the stuff that comes along bureaucratic aspect of having to do this of the dotted lines of this blah 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 of the red tape the crap that comes along with the business of the nfl it's like yo you guys are full of full of it right didn't say it and so yeah i'm good on all that like i already know what it is you want me to have a conversation about the Packers? i can have a conversation about the pack you want me to have a conversation about football we can have a conversation about football because i know football and i and i love football um and I always love football. I just don't like the NFL. Yeah. Right. I just don't, you know what I mean? I, I just, you. you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah. mean that I don't love football. I just yeah. don't like the NFL. I'm, I'm right here with you. Yeah, so I just sure. don't like what – so I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good on all that. And that's it. I can still have a conversation about it. Like, I have no problem. I'm going back to Green Bay this year. Um, they're doing certain things. So I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll make sure that I know why I'm going back there. And I'm, I'm going to appreciate it. I want my child to my, – my daughters have no reference for me. Yeah, as a football player, I don't really care too much about it. But I think I'm in a space now. I enjoyed playing for the Packers. I enjoyed the family aspect of it. So I want them to see certain aspects of it. I know it's very different now. It's to some degree, it's a lot more corporate. But I do want them to see certain aspects of it. Just and even just Green Bay. So I'm gonna bring them back. Um, it'll be cool. Yeah. And then and like e- even though you don't watch, is that are are you rooting? Like if you're going into the year, you're like, I hope the Packers win the Super Bowl. Is that are you like? Oh, um, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I would like the Packers to do well. I would like the Packers to win games because I still have a relationship too with uh, some of the guys. There. With some of the guys and um, yeah, and I want guys to be healthy and have good careers. I want everybody financially. I want everybody to win. Right. Financially. Yeah. Fuck them. I want everybody to win. Everybody in the NFL, make as much money as you can. Now. Immediately make as much money as you can. Hold out. Everybody hold out every year if you can. Do whatever you need to do to get your money every single year. Everybody. I'm putting that on camera. Everybody in the NFL, get as much money as you can. I want everybody to win from a financial stance. I don't care who wins from a team stance. I want everybody to be as healthy as possible so that they can. Because I know. Because at the There's end of the no day, out there, you're, you're like, changing. No, because <laughs> at the end of the day, well, no, I don't want to know. You back in the no, day. no, 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 no. They already know. I, I know guys know who they are. Chief shot, but I'm cool. I'm, I'm over all that. But I also know that at the end of the day, the amount of money that these these guys have the possibility to make. Stop, silly. Thank you. The amount of money that these guys have the ability to make potentially can change lives. Sure. Go get it. Get paid. Go get it. Get get your money so you don't have to fuck with the NFL. Yeah. Do it. Get your money so you can literally say, I'm good. Fuck you. Get out. Do whatever you need to do. I don't care whether that means you play 10 years, whether that means you play four years and hold out every year. Like I, you know, I had a player on my team that literally held out like four years in a row for a new contract. I'm with that. Yeah, because I mean, you see don't guys care. like, yeah. I don't care. Like, you know, some people say, what? I don't care. 
value-wise, he performed, he feels like it. Because guess what? Nobody's deserving of anything, and you're only worth it if they pay you. Sure. So at the end of the day, people used to say, what? He's not worth it. If they gave it to him, guess what? He was worth it. Yeah. You think I was worth $30 million off of seven games? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I wasn't. I played. And when I mean I wasn't, like, based upon what other value. Sure. Sure. Well, we said that all the time. Other standard was we I. We said that I all played time in, about. I played in nine. Oh, no, I was seven in nine games. And I ran for almost 1,000 yards. You know, and I was. I was number two in the league behind Ladane or something when I came in. But there was no other standard that literally had me. Sure. That, that they would. To give you $30 million. To give me $30 million off of a four-year deal. Nothing. No standard. And my agent had talked to other GMs and was like, oh, you're phenomenal, Alan. You got him paid. He wouldn't have played football if, if he played for our team. He just wouldn't have played this year. And you know what? Cool. Fuck him. Yeah. Like. I knew what it was, and I believed it was this, and my agent did believe, and we there were moments we were like, I don't know if this shit's going to work, but fuck it. I knew what they were trying to do. They wanted me to wait a year or two years that then they would say, oh, he's this much older. I'm going to be this. I, I had already yeah. I saw what it was. I was like, nah, yo, it's got to happen now. I was like, because I don't know what else is what's going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. We got a new quarterback coming in. Aaron's the real deal, but nah. Yeah. Nope. I'm riding, I'm going to ride all this. And that's what, okay, it's a business. Guess what? They're doing it top down. They have no problem ripping it up and saying, right. man, with this. This absurd what happened with Le'Veon Bell. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But it's not surprising. It's not surprising at all. At all. Steelers don't give a shit. They don't care. What do you make of the girly deal? Um, It's good. Yeah, right. It's good for girly, and it, it's good for the rest of the backs. Doesn't help Le'Veon. Sure. <laughs> Le'Veon but you, so you, okay, yeah. <laughs> Le'Veon still, like, you know what I mean? Fuck yeah. Him. Because at the end of the day, everybody could, like, you know, pay the dudes. It's my thing. I'm looking forward to the first dude who, like, fuck you, I want equity. Aaron Rodgers to be that guy. Yeah. Equity. Because of the amount, yeah. Like, I don't know if it'll happen. Right. And I'm sure, like I'm I, sure there's, I'm sure there's something even set up to make sure it can't happen. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Money, yeah, but. because, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you, yeah. What am I bringing? Connor changed the game with a lot of stuff. He, his talks with you know UFC and everything like sure. that. Sure. Um, here, back up, baby, because they blocked. Back like one foot up. Boom, my mama. There you go. Thank you, baby. You know, you just talked about Aaron Rodgers, and you're like, he should be the guy that gets equity. What I. Probably my biggest, to some degree, Tom yeah. Brady too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this, that's from a biased stance. Probably my biggest issue in being in sports media, lo- I'll say sports media loosely right now as a podcaster, but uh, is this idea that the best players are the ones who are Back who up. are a part of a championship team, turn like down, that the single player getting getting judged by how his team success is like Aaron Rodgers is a great example to me it's Aaron Rodgers and then literally everybody else including the Tom Brady's including the Carson Wentz the Jared Goffs the Russell Wilson's all of them to me he's clearly the best and he has one and so people are like oh overrated like to me as an athlete what is it like when you guys hear stuff like that Whatever. It's you guys kinda, don't even think about like, it. Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant obviously I, can, no, I, I say I do. Yeah, there's certain guys that, of course, clearly play into that and really are sensitive in that regard. I get it. Um, 
understandably like you know aaron's sensitive and it's not a knock about him it's just it's actually probably what makes him so good um maybe with kevin durant as well you know yeah it's like part of his fuel you know uh aaron's phenomenal yes people you can say whatever and it's unfortunate it's quote-unquote unfortunate that he only has one super bowl appearance it is. It's unfortunate. You know, when we were there, we had squads. <laughs> like, it wasn't even close. We had squads of, like, we could go, we used to literally do it. We could go line to line and look at each position and be like, we're just better at yeah. every position than these guys. Yeah. But in some regard, we relied on particular things. Offensively, we, no offenses were better than us. They didn't have guys that were better than us. You know, like, maybe only. The Saints had like dynamic offenses like we did, um, but it doesn't matter. Got to get it done, you know. Yeah. Defensively, we were giving up a lot of points, and we were relying on scoring so many points. We would go into games and say we want to score forty. Now this is the NFL. We're not talking about. <laughs> we're talking about the N- We're talking about the NFL yeah. playing against guys who are other All Pros and other really good, phenomenal players who get paid their job and expecting to score forty. We were playing the Broncos one game in 2011. And at halftime, you got, I don't know, you guys can fact check this. <laughs> at halftime, we oh, were Oh, trust me, the internet like, will. We were out. We were up 24-something or 34-something. I mean, 34, like 6 or 34-7. Like, we were blowing them out. Like, yeah. At halftime, we go in and we come inside and Mike is screaming at us screaming at us like we should be kicking their ass blah 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 blah. we're not doing this and i'm guys are like laughing and we get it because legitimately we should have been but i looked to one of the rookies and i said take note of this you're never gonna see this well we're blowing a team out in the nfl at halftime and we're still getting screamed at this is where i'll let you know the expectation of what we expect yeah. for us and where we are as a team. I was like, because you're not going to see that. Like, it's hard to score number one in the NFL and it's hard to win. Sure. So, you know what I mean? And Especially we're blowing the, the team out. Yeah, yeah. We're blowing this team out and it's like not good enough. And I think we did. We won like 48 something or 50, whatever it was. But it was just let you know, like, yeah, we almost felt like we did. We, we not almost. We felt like the only team can stop us is us. Now, we did know that if we get stopped, if a team does on any given Sunday stop us from scoring 30, oh, man. Because we do know we felt like our defense was going to give up points. So it was like, damn, yo, if a team scores, if we can't score 30, shit, we're going to be in a dog fight. (laughs) It's a really good chance we could lose. And that's what happened. The team that did beat us, they were able to stop us from scoring. Um yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I'll tell you what. You said, you know, you, you joked about not being, maybe not have earning $30 million with your nine games. But I think you're giving it back by earning $30 million <laughs> as a podcast guest. You're a $30 million yeah, yeah, podcast guest. Hopefully my career, uh, I did enough. I'm, you know, I'm I'm top five all time. So they got to, they'll have to put me in at some point in time. So career-wise, I think I did enough to earn the money. Yeah. We'll do all right. I'm telling you, I told you this via text message when we first connected months ago. You should. You'd be, you'd be great at hosting your own podcast. 
Yeah, set it up for me. Yeah. <laughs> Work it out. Dirty Sports Podcast Network. I got a lot Network. going on, man. Yeah, you you going to join the Dirty Sports Network? Because uh, we're, we're branching out into more shows. If you, uh, Yeah, let me know. We could definitely talk. You're, I'm you're, okay. You got your co-host over here? I know. My, my, my little mama <laughs> would be good She's burying herself underneath yeah. my pillows at this point. I know. She's getting real comfortable. <laughs> real comfortable. But, right uh, in time for the show to be over and you to Exactly. That's how it goes. Yeah. Right <laughs> when we're ready to go, then she, uh, she gets comfortable. But yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm sure at some point in time I will. Um... Arian Foster's podcast is huge. I've heard, I've heard his, I've heard, uh, no, I have, interestingly enough, I haven't. Um, I like Arian. I think he's an interesting guy. Um, Yeah, I do too. um, We'd love to have him on here. He's a, he's a, I I listened to him on, uh, I've listened to his show. I've also listened to him when he went on Joe Rogan and uh, I I thought it was a great interview. uh, Yeah, I I like Arian. He's an interesting guy, man. I, um, there's some similarities in the, many of the way uh, that he thinks about things. But, um, Which is outside the box, and that's why we love you. Because I, yeah, try not to even let there be a box. Just yeah. I just think yeah. So and then sometimes it's in the moment. You know, sometimes sure. it might. It's like I said, it's all hypocritical. We're all one big fucking hypocrite. We're sitting in here doing a fucking podcast. Right. <laughs> so how comfortable? You know what I mean? Yep. Like this is yeah. you're able to talk about shit. Yeah. People actually just want to hear you talk about shit. This is really unimportant. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's all relative. And that's where so we're going to cool. go to the beach. So and like, you, exactly. And you're going to go to the fucking beach, man. Yeah. And, and you got, when we get down here, you're going to go surf. You're going to go to the beach. Yeah. And what we're going to date, man? talk yeah. about yeah. shit they don't want to hear. Well, change that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> change that. Actually, you know what? Talk about shit you want to fucking talk about. You know what? Like I said, that'll weed out the people who want to be on the dates with you. Yeah. Fuck it, man. Man, it's just the, these. I've just had so much bad experience lately on these uh, these apps, man. Really? Well, what apps do you use? Bumble, Tinder. Okay, see, I don't know. I don't. I don't use them, so I don't know. But I've heard Bumble's pretty strong. It is, but but. but okay, well, hold on, hold on, real quick. So what's like? I know there's like a, there's an understanding. Yeah, you gotta school me. I don't mind if you want to put your business up, but you gotta school yeah, me on. Dude, I put it all. Okay, out okay, there cool. Anyway. So everybody knows. If you're looking for a particular X, Y, and Z, you go to a particular app. So what are the apps known for? Well, I'd say when Tinder first came out, it was all hookup. Okay. Like, it was good to me. It, it was good. It okay. Was like first it was day, a good boom. Let's, boom. Let's, <laughs> just check this, let's, just, let's just get this dinner right. out of the way and uh, let's come back okay. here and handle okay. our business. Okay, uh, cool. But lately, it goes in waves for me. Lately on Bumble, the girls aren't looking like the pictures. Or I'm learning, like, you uh-huh. got to look at the angle they're taking that. And see, kind of like, you know how there's a learning curve for sports or anything. Yeah, yeah. Le- left in January and All Pro came back to camp a little bit overweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what happened? <laughs> got that oh, new deal. How old is this pick? I'm learning. To, I mean, I met a girl last week. I wanted to just hold up my phone and say, "Yo, Yo this, this is, isn't fucking you." Uh, really? And it was like, it messed with me so much. I went home. Like on some catfish shit. But no, not catfish, but it's just like, she was a little thicker. She just looked, it's not even about the thick, like, it's not even about maybe being a little heavier. She just looked different. She just looked different. You could say it. Was she fat? No, I wouldn't say call her fat, but she. She just, just didn't look good. By she any, didn't look what yeah, you, like, by, she, she didn't claimed, look like the claimed she, she in the picture. Yeah, she was working the like, angle. Yeah. I went home and I studied her photos <laughs> after the date and I was like. You were mad at yourself? Were like, you? What did I do wrong here? <laughs> what What happened? Well, to be fair, you show up on dates with like lines in your head and stuff like that. You don't have that in your pictures. Yeah, well, I don't have the lines right now, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, that's the thing. But but my photos are relatively within a time frame. Like, 
They're new photos. You're not trying to get over. Yeah, you're not like trying to I'm swindle. I'm putting photos in the yeah. last three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like putting photos from three from years like, ago. Yeah, you're not putting a photo from like your high school days. Yeah. Or <laughs> so I don't know what the, what, what, again, this goes for, for both men and women. So it's like, I don't know what that end game move is. Oh, you show up. You think I'm just going to be cool with this? No, you don't look like who you are. We've started off. <laughs> no, you don't. We've started off on the wrong foot. You're a totally different fucking person. Yeah, no. <laughs> we started off on the wrong foot. You're yeah, a liar. Abs- absolutely. I don't, don't want to be hanging out with a liar. Ah, but most relationships are built on lies, unfortunately. Ah. They're built on the fact of, yo, who do you want me to be? This is what happens. You go out on a date and you say, what are you into? What do you like? Because I'm going to act like this. What do you yeah. want to do? As opposed yeah. to saying, yo, this is what I'm into. Is why you will go on a date. Yeah. What do you like to do? What I like to do? Yeah. What love, do you like to do? Love to go to the beach. Cool. Love to you play beach do? volleyball. Take a go on a date. Say yo, someone you go on a date. Cool. I'm gonna be playing beach volleyball. Come meet me in beach volleyball. You know what that does? It'll weed out the girls who don't want to play beach volleyball with you. And You're you right. know right away. Well, shit, this ain't gonna work regardless because this yeah. is what I want to do. So yeah. what you want to do is you want to live your life with somebody who wants to share those things with you. If they yeah. don't want to, that's cool. Like that's fine. We're not yeah. wasting each other's time. Sure. But opposed to saying, like, oh, we're going to go meet here and do this. Like, yeah. I don't really want to fucking do yeah. this shit in the park. You should just make your Bumble profile say, who wants to watch Shark Week and go to Joe Bird. That No, seriously. I guarantee you, first of all, everybody wants to watch Shark Week. So yo, no. Yo, <laughs> first no, of all, so you'll get This so dude many. over here, we got a huge argument. I say Shark RG. Week's overrated. Listen, it is to me. I'm not a shark we got, but yeah. I can understand how everybody. I want to watch Ryan Grant highlights. I don't want to watch some B-list actor pretending to be Ryan Grant. It's not Shark Week's not like that, Prano. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen. So I'm saying this is yeah, yo, you'll get. But, but you're right, and you're, you're in LA. Are you kidding me? No, you're right. You could be a you're unicorn right. hunter, and you'll find people that are into it. You didn't. Uh, you didn't think about staying in the Midwest after you were done with football? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted nah, to get that nah. one out there because yeah. we've, we've had attacks from the Midwest the last couple of days. Yeah. Why? Just because we made, we made a joke about I made a joke about Ohio. From Ohio. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we take digs back up, at it. Back up, baby. We, we got to back up, sweetie. We, we take okay. digs at it, and just we just noticed how people are so th- this pride. Yeah. My whole family lives back there. I have four brothers. Yeah. They're all married. They all got kids. My parents are still back there. But this this weird pride of like Ohio's not bad. You, it's like, dude, we live next to the beach. Yeah. Like, of course, I'm in a smaller apartment. I could have a four-bedroom house for yeah. what I paid yeah, you didn't in rent. Think, you didn't think about getting a 20-roomer in Wisconsin and just going Now, like, you want to hear, I had a four-bedroom, four-bathroom, three-four place in Green Bay. I paid $1,100 a month. <laughs> $1,100 a month. Yeah. That that's, was, less that than this, expensive. that's less than this studio apartment slash studio. podcast studio. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Unreal. It was great, man. I had a full, full uh, basement. Like, yeah, it was crazy. But no. <laughs> exactly. No, I appreciated Green Bay and I appreciate the Midwest um very much so and I still do. I appreciate the lifestyle, I appreciate the simplicity, I appreciate yeah. um but no. But you got thirty million and you got to pick wherever you wanted to be and here you are. Yeah, and I'm here. And uh you know well, your publicist is calling you. I know she's So we're gonna ready. we'll we'll wrap you up. Where where can everybody follow you? Oh uh my Twitter is at Ryan Grant twenty five. My Instagram is a little differently. It's uh, Blue Boy RG, but it's blue with uh, EU, like uh, blue cheese or something like that. French uh, blue. Yeah, the French blue. What is, what's that? What's the significance of Blue Boy RG? I'm, blue is my favorite cl- color. Always been. Yeah. Um, nice being a giant for a minute. 
Yeah, it's not because of the Giants. <laughs> Come on, give me one. <laughs> Listen, I got love for the Giants, man. I do, but it's not because of the Giants. Um, it's just because I, you know, I'm just trying to be a little different. So, uh, Blue Boy RG, and everybody calls me RG. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And then my Facebook is my regular name. I'm rarely on it, so don't contact me on my Facebook. We got. I gotta ask you something real quick. What's up with your Twitter? Because your Twitter, you have you updated the Twitter app? Because like you don't like quote tweet people, it shows up funny on your. Does it? Yeah, it's. He goes. Old, you go old school retweet. What is where it? you like write the people's RT? Do you write that out yourself? Uh, nah, I don't know. I'm on. Sometimes I use the app. Sometimes I use Twitter. I don't use the Twitter app very often. I use like another app. Like I'll use what's it called? That's why. Um, um, like Hootsuite or something. Yeah, I forgot one of, one of the Twitter. I'll uh, should I use just Twitter? Are people using just Twitter? I'm gonna show you after we record because okay, I'll cool. show you like. How like I would quote tweet something and then versus well, yours. Mine, mine it, looks wild old school. Dude, yours is like 2013, bro. Oh shit. Okay, <laughs> but it's cool. It's kind of vintage. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like hip. It's like hipster Twitter. Okay, it's, cool. It's great. No. It's not quoting them. It doesn't do like the quotes. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't like. Well, shit, I can show you right now. Yeah. So so let's say if Twitter I, lessons with the great. There we Andy go. Ruther, All right. If, King of right, Twitter. Yeah, hook me up. If if I'm quote tweeting somebody, let's see if I quote tweet somebody. So if I let me get my social media. So if I'm quote tweeting Joe, like Joe wrote a tweet, that's is actually his Ohio tweet. Yeah. See, when I quote tweet it, I can write on top. Got you. Does that make sense? And his tweet still shows up. I think when you're responding to somebody, let's see here. When you're responding to somebody, oh, you got it now. There, there it is. Uh, up top, yours is good there. Let's see some other ones. Let's let maybe some older ones. There, there, you did it there too. All right, Andy. Well, you're not, you're not, uh, <laughs> you're not doing too well. I'm two, what, for, I'm what, two for two on the. But you must have changed it because Joe and I saw it. You must have changed it. Did he change it, Joe? I don't know. I'm, I'm getting my Instagram going right here while you guys are. I just retweeted this. Yeah, the, the retweeted my. Well, well, hold on. There it is. The, there it is. See what I'm saying? On that tweet, oh, so it's not actually showing the. So instead of "Why are you in town?" somebody somebody tweeted at you. I'm here to take somebody's job. It oh, says gotcha, retweet. Gotcha. Does that oh, make that's sense? That's old school. Yeah, that's yeah. old school. So you changed it. It looks like you changed it. Nah, I probably tweeted this from a different app. Yeah. So that's how it goes. Okay. <laughs> I'll change it back though. I'll make you. Or maybe I'll just keep it like both, man. Do, keep do it one, like man. a little go back from old school. You do you. Which way is the other Ryan Grant tweeting? That's what's important. Fucking have. <laughs> but yeah, look look out. Is he? I don't know how he's playing. It's clearly, he's not playing bad. Yeah, because you I, haven't heard been anything. Getting, I haven't been hearing anything. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm looking for. Yeah, that's always interesting. I try to play poke fun with those guys because they. Uh, I always think it's hilarious. It's so fucking ridiculous, dude. All you have to do is literally just look, take three seconds and look at the picture. Yeah. Like I don't look anything like the guy. Takes two um, seconds. Two fucking seconds. A lot of dumb people out there, though. It's so crazy. Um, it's the same people that are still talking about the veterans and how it's the yeah, just people. That's not bad. That's stupid, man. But whatever. I appreciate. It. And you know what? If I can, I can. My whole thing is, I try to find humor in everything. Man. Sure. Like even when truth, we my family calls it a uh, cracking but facking. <laughs> If you can crack a joke, well, you come, it's still come, fun. Come out to a comedy people. show sometime. We'll I mean, yeah, let me know. Yeah, what, for what, sure. What do you guys got going on uh, comedy-wise? I, I'll definitely uh, come and, you know, I think uh, comedians are 
some of the most important people in this world. Well, we'll let you know. Well, well RJ, it's always a pleasure, man. Absolutely. Follow him on everything. Yeah. yeah. And, know. Or uh, don't. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> don't Who gives a shit? Well, guys, thanks for listening to the show. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies. <laughs>